You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Jeff Barry, Chief Executive Officer, DB Schenker US. Despite some uncertainty in the global logistics sector, the overall trend line seems to be on the upswing. But for U.S. businesses to continue to capitalize on the growth, supply chain decision makers need to map out their strategies and focus on some key areas to effectively leverage the trend. Jeff Barry, CEO of DB Schenker U.S., joins us to offer some global perspective on how U.S. companies can address some of those areas. Joining me this morning is Jeff Barry, Chief Executive Officer of DB Schenker US. Jeff, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast. Great to be here and thank you for the opportunity to join you. It's great to have you. Uh, Jeff, uh, let's start with uh, your career. You've had a very interesting uh, and experienced career within the logistics sector. Can you give us an idea of how you got started? Yeah, I sure can. I started as a management trainee at Air Express International at their headquarters in Darien, Connecticut. Uh, they had a two-year training program there. You did some time at the headquarters, and then I moved out to the Chicago branch to gain a bunch of operating experience. And in that in that context, I worked through all of the different departments in a branch. And I think from that perspective, you always get the opportunity to get a good foundation from those experiences. And they keep me very grounded in the importance of having strong branches and operations that uh, that make the business every single day. Um, I then moved on to trade lane management um, and did work in South Africa and the Indian subcontinent. I would say they were also very, very interesting markets. I think South Africa in particular, a consignee-driven market. And in that in that respect, you're dealing with a very, very astute buyer, um, and they want a high quality of service. Um, on the Indian uh, and the subcontinent market, I learned a lot about the apparel industry back then, and that was a, a very exciting and challenging sector. Uh, but at the same time, it's still um, an industry area where I, I love to be involved today. I find the, both the apparel and the, and the luxury goods sector extremely interesting. And then after AEI, I joined Bax Global as an account manager, and I spent a number of years there working up through the organization and finally landing on running their commercial organization globally. And, and that I, I stayed with in that role all the way till the acquisition by Schenker in 2005. And then I stayed with uh, Schenker until today and have had a, a variety of roles within Schenker, both in the commercial area as well as operating in glo- global projects and most recently running the U.S. South Africa and India, you've worked around the world. Now you're leading D.B. Schenker in the United States. Uh, can you share a little bit about that journey and how the journey has led up to this assignment here with D.B. Schenker? You bet. Well, you can probably tell that I'm not American, right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm still, uh, I'm still from the, I'm still a, a UK guy, and uh, I still consider the UK, I would say, my home base in in many ways. And I try to spend time there as frequently as possible because uh, I enjoy it, and uh, I guess home is home is home to a certain degree. But we shouldn't miss. I spent a good portion of my life in in the US. So I actually moved to the US uh, as a teenager. My my parents were also in the uh, international uh, business. My dad was worked for for an airline, so I, I came to the U.S. as a kid and uh, finished my high school here. Went to university here, and that's how I joined AEI. Um, but the last seven years has been in Germany, um, and again running a, a global commercial role, all of our vertical markets, etc. Um, but uh, the last two years, I was there running our global projects business which is a super exciting, uh, unusual niche type of business. Um, but I had the pleasure of working alongside some really solid professionals in that industry sector, which I had a lot of fun with. 
And I think uh, in general, even while I was in Germany the last seven years, the organization recognized that I was still very much involved with a number of our clients and the people in the U.S. organization. So it was quite a, a natural transition for me to move back to the U.S. and, and take on a leadership role here. Now, with a passport full of stamps like you have, uh, <laughs> you've got truly global perspective. Uh, what do U.S. companies need to know to leverage growth in various global markets? Well, I think first off, I mean, let's just say I'm, I'm here because I think the U.S. as a whole has tremendous amount of growth potential. We still have to recognize that um, it's the largest uh, economy on the planet. And while D.B. Schenker has a solid position here, I still view it as an area where we have a, a lot of growth opportunities. I think what I learned uh, in the past, however, was that there are plenty of emerging economies uh, which are um, emerging but at a very rapid rate. So they're, from a technological perspective, quite advanced. And uh, I think we have to continue to explore those areas for growth outside of, of, of the U.S., um, I think many of the mature markets are highly competitive. Um, you still have to find ways to create a value proposition to the shipper. And we have to play well in the mature markets, um, continuing to evolve our value proposition, both by technology, speed and predictability and competitiveness. But as you look into the other markets and, and where I've been exposed the last few years, Central Asia and Africa, uh, and certainly new emerging markets in Southeast Asia, I see those as wonderful opportunities for U.S. companies, um, but also one in which many of the uh, companies are stepping into new territory there. Uh, companies such as D.B. Schenker have worked there for many, many years. And I think for the shipper, it's about partnering with the right organization that has the experience there to navigate that professionally and in a compliant way to enter into new markets and compete successfully. All right. I want to touch on that growth a little bit, especially with the U.S. market. Uh, what is your view of the U.S. market in terms of future growth? And uh, what particular industries will be driving that growth? Well, I mean, I think the, the U.S. market, uh, for, for, from a D.B. Schenker perspective, we have growth in our traditional businesses of air freight, sea freight, and contract logistics, all of which we're well positioned and uh, uh, will have a continued growth strategy across our core, our core businesses. I would also say that we have not played aggressively in the domestic land transportation business, and that's an area where we do have services today. They're, they're um, very focused, and we service a certain amount of niche parts of the market, but I would see opportunity for us to play in a much larger way in the, in the U.S. domestic market going, going forward, and that's what I'd like to see occur as, as, as we look at our, our growth uh, for the years ahead. When it comes to the industry sectors, uh, we have had a industry sector approach or a vertical market approach for many years, and we compete very well in aerospace, electronics, uh, the consumer space, and, and healthcare. But I'd say that one of the things that we do see happening now is just further specialization and going deeper into each of those sectors. So if you take the headline of electronics, uh, we are aggressively going after pursuit and, and business in the cloud-based computing sector, and we're having a lot of success there. In electronics, you know, we don't only focus on the, the large-scale uh, consumer goods sector. We have a specialization offer within the semi-consola uh, type of technologies. So I think further specialization into those industry sectors and really understanding what is the value proposition to the client and coming up with unique offerings in those sectors is where we're going to drive growth um, by bringing you know, greater value to our clients. Okay. Uh, touching on that uh, value, do you see any sectors that uh, are stressed 
uh, and will need to offset uh, with some world-class uh, supply chain management practices. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know whether I would call it stressed. I, I think that there's sectors that have different challenges. So, if you look at tariffs and these areas that are coming into play, I think they, the the world that we're operating in today, uh, compared to the last 20 years in supply chain is simply becoming far more volatile and far more difficult to predict. So I think that is the area where we have to become more nimble, more agile, and we have to consider supply chain strategies that allow us to compete in, uh, in that manner. Uh, so overall, I'd say you need to have dynamic solutions to dynamic challenges, and uh, that's an area where I'm continuing to encourage our, you know, our shipper partners to look at ways to evaluate their supply chain to make sure that it, it can um, have the uh, sustainability through some of the challenges that um, may be foreseen in the future. If you just take examples of, of things such as Brexit, still not really a clear picture of what that means. Tariffs don't really have a clear picture yet exactly what the impacts will be, but you have to be prepared for those. Okay. Uh, our research has shown that our readers are coming to grips with challenges in a few areas. Uh, digitization of e-commerce and the flow of cash, talent acquisition, the attraction of uh, a young, talented workforce, digitization of global marketing, uh, sustainability, and especially the digitization of the supply chain. Uh, what can providers do to support shipper solutions in these areas? Well, I think blockchain has a tremendous amount of, of potential as, you, as, we, as we look forward. Um, if we consider just the uh, scenario of counterfeit goods in the supply chain and the opportunity to use that technology to remove risk of counterfeit goods, um, healthcare sector, um, FMCG with uh, consumables, all areas where uh, blockchain assists in the identification of goods and, and validation of content. Um, in addition to that, it's also about the, the cost of transactions. So if I look at the relationship today between shipper, carrier, forwarder, um, there is a lot of financial transactions that go back and forth. And our ability to perhaps lean those things out and uh, remove some of the, the manual or back office type of functions and move that into a much richer technology experience that would even go as far as allowing us to either bill or be compensated on different milestones throughout a, throughout a supply chain transaction. Um, those are tremendous opportunities uh, that I would see going forward um, that benefit both the shipper, the, the forwarding community, as well as the carriers. Jeff, what about the talent acquisition parts of things? Because I know there's uh, there's been some concern about uh, attracting young, talented professionals to the workforce. How would you address that? Well, I, I think we're you know in the U.S. we're a large organization. We have over eight thousand employees uh, combined, both uh, both blue and and, and white collar employees. And, and you're absolutely right. What are we doing to attract the the right level of talent? And we have to use different mediums than we used previously. So we're heavily invested in LinkedIn and other online platforms, not only from a recruiting platform perspective, but also to make sure that we're telling stories about what the company is doing and what the industry is doing. We generally believe that people want to have the experience of what is it like to work at that company. So the more storytelling that we can do, make that available in different electronic platforms makes us an attractive uh, employer. Um, additionally, we have to look for ways to touch university graduates, and we have several programs that are uh, in place today to do that. And that's on top of the traditional um, 
methods that we use today on internship, trainees, and also direct entry, of course. Um, but we generally see that the storytelling side of it and seeing that an industry is going through a tremendous transformation is an extremely attractive opportunity to be appealing to young talents. So um, we believe that we've got a, a lot of things in play at the moment um, to tell the story of the industry, of our company, and also that puts us in a position to be an attractive uh, employer. When we look across the organization today, we have a wonderful blend, a diverse uh, workforce um, of all different categories. And uh, of course, our people are also a wonderful source of talent as well, because if we have a healthy workforce that is repeating the story about that we're a, a great organization to work for, being a member of a team uh, that recognizes, appreciates, and helps advance um, opportunities within the company, that works uh, very well. Um, and in a, a marketplace with you know, less than 4% unemployment, 3.5-4% unemployment, we have to recognize that's an area that requires a tremendous amount of investment and effort. But I'm excited about the industry, and I think there's a, a great story to tell. All right. You touched on uh, digitized e-commerce. What about global marketing? The, the the speed in which marketing is moving and the um, the availability of information, we simply have to recognize that we have to play in that space. Uh, what we see as opportunity is really that we can get information out to our clients and our customer base, both existing and prospective, in a much faster and more busted way, and also far more targeted than it used to be. Um, but the part that's really interesting is that we can get feedback much more frequently, um, and that feedback allows us to become and continue to be very much a learning organization. So digital marketing is uh, uh, something that we can, ex if you will, express, deliver, um, get feedback quickly. We can tune our messaging, uh, take that feedback to make sure that we're building products and services that are appealing. If I just take a recent example, we took a, you know, an investment on putting in a charter operation now or a flight operation from Chicago to Sydney, Australia once a week. And that was very much based on uh, market and customer feedback that there was demand um, in the, in, on that trade to do something different than was currently in place. And we moved very, very quickly to not only put a, uh, an operation in place, but we also worked very consciously to pick an aircraft type uh, that's highly fuel efficient, um, that plays also into our sustainability strategy. Well, yeah, speaking of that, sustainability, we see a lot of development uh, and uh, discussion around that. What are some of the challenges with maintaining that kind of sustainability factor? Well, I think the sustainability is uh, it's a, it's a corporate culture, and uh, so it, it affects um, decisions that we make every day. So it's everything through procurement of uh, services that we use and, and purchase in the market, both sea freight and air freight. It also goes into considerations when we're looking at buildings, um, but also on the customer side is how are we consulting our customers to look for the most efficient distribution practices and being aware of carbon footprint. We see a tremendous amount of demand from our customers in this area. Um, so we are uh, investing heavily on our ability to aggregate their data and consumption of services that they use to feed back to them, not only uh, data on what their footprint looks like, but in addition to that, how they can affect it positively. 
So, um, you know, in addition to that, we're doing small things within our organization, which I think are very motivating for uh, for our employees and people who work here, is we look very consciously at um, the consumer goods that we use within the organization and actively look for ways to substitute single-use plastics with other alternatives. So I think those are things not only that are the right thing to do, but they're also appealing to, to the employees because they feel they're a part of an organization that is, is conscious in this area, not only on the big big ticket items, but also on the way we live our life every day. Okay. Then uh, when you're looking at the, the whole supply chain uh, and you're talking about the digitization of that, what are some of those challenges that, uh, that they need to watch out for? Well, I think that, again, there's there's many areas that are coming into play. Um, the the biggest part is that uh, data is becoming and has become the most powerful element within the supply chain, and uh, we are using data today to uh, to do a lot more predictive analytics. Um, we've invested heavily in data scientists. We have a digitization group that are viewing uh, different technologies and also how to leverage data on behalf of our clients. Um, and those are the areas where I see significant opportunities on becoming a much more uh, valued player uh, in this world of transparency. So I think in, as a whole, the industry of freight forwarding uh, um, benefited for many years in, uh, on, on the back of intransparency. Now that there's transparency uh, and you can more or less uh, Google or search any information that you want on transportation, um, we have to figure out how do we make that transparency a value versus being fearful of it. And that's an area, again, where we're continuing to demonstrate that when we do the analytics, um, we have powerful outcomes that benefit uh, benefit our clients. I think the other part is, is that there are many platform players that are out there today that are looking for ways to overlay technology onto the forwarder community. Uh, we have a very specific approach there. We, uh, we are at the moment launching uh, a product called Connect4, and there'll be Connect for Air, Connect for Land, Connect for Ocean. And this is an online platform experience where the customer can go online and they can get a quote, uh, they can look at uh, uh, cost, and they can uh, execute a shipment online. And that allows them to have a completely seamless experience, not only from a platform perspective, which is modern and enabled uh, to do that digitally, but in addition to that, knowing that the infrastructure of DB Schenker sits behind that. Um, so they have the quality and robustness of our infrastructure, but on top of that, they have a very uh, attractive online experience. Okay. Now, if we look ahead for the next, say, 12, 18 months, uh, if you could leave our listeners with one insight uh, as it relates to their transportation and supply chain management strategies, what would that insight be? It's a tough question to come up with one. Um, I, I think the, the perspective I would have is that, um, as I mentioned, I think that we're in a world now where there's going to be, um, you need dynamic solutions to dynamic challenges. And therefore, I, I generally see it as that the shipper has to figure out how to partner with uh, the right logistics organization. Um, because ultimately, I think today's requirement is having much deeper, more robust and trusting relationships between shipper and provider, and that enables much greater outcomes. And when you're dealing with a, a volatile world, I think that you need to have confidence that you're partnering not only with the right company, with the right capabilities, but also with a culture that matches your own. Um, so that's where I would certainly recommend to put the emphasis if I was speaking to a shipper directly. And I certainly think that that's an area where we have demonstrated that we're very strong in that particular area of customer engagement. Great. And where can the audience go to get more information? They can go to our website, which is dbshenkausa.com.
fantastic information. Jeff Barry, thank you so much for taking some time out and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you very much. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.